Hello, everyone, and welcome to Co-Creation Station. This is the podcast where we talk about the law of attraction, the art of allowing, spiritual magic, the mind-body-spirit connection, and how to best enjoy this mysterious, miraculous, mystical, crazy, sometimes confounding, but always incredible journey we call life. My name is Colin, and I am located in beautiful, sunny North Hollywood, California. Hi, everyone. My name is Stephanie Orlina. I am a transformational life coach, and I am in San Diego, California. We want to thank you so much for listening or watching or both to this episode today. Um, we're glad to have you with us. We do want to let you know at the start here, we often mention the names Abraham, Esther Hicks, Abraham Hicks. If you're not familiar with those names, Esther Hicks is a speaker and author who channels Abraham. Abraham is described as a group of entities from beyond our physical world who share their wisdom by speaking through Esther at workshops and speaking opportunities around the world. Sounds kind of weird, but it's actually kind of cool. Um, you can find out more about them by um, using uh, searching for them on the internet or on YouTube. Uh, you can also find more about them at their website at abraham-hicks.com. Uh, each week we start our discussion from a different jumping off point, and this week's jumping off point comes from sort of uh, a continuation of the conversation we had in the last week's episode where we talked about um, how you don't have to figure out how the law of attraction works or how the art of allowing works. You just have to just chill and flow and feel good and not analyze things and not overthink things. Um, and what that led us to talk about towards the end was the fact that, um, or I guess uh, Stephanie, you brought it up after, right after we stopped recording, was that, um, and I definitely felt this when I watched the film The Secret, which is a great introduction to the law of attraction, but I, the, the one thing about when I watched The Secret, I thought, oh gosh, well, this is great because now I know how the universe actually works. Um, I have a whole big project of, really hard work I've got to do to identify everything I want and visualize and spend lots of time every day sitting in a chair and, you know, visualizing really hard and like, like really getting, you know, whatever. And um, that is really a misunderstanding of how the uh, law of attraction and art of allowing works. Uh, and I think how you put it, Stephanie, is the, the law of attraction really does all the heavy lifting for you. Like we make it harder typically than it really needs to be. Like all we need to do is just have a high vibration. Just feel good. Think good thoughts as often as possible. Feel good as often as possible. And the law of attraction will bring stuff to us. We don't have to like go out and use the art of allowing like a really difficult discipline and perfect it and work really hard at it to get the stuff into our life. <laughs> it's funny because as you were doing all of the like falling <laughs> up your fist and like you're having your arms like really tense and and I was like and you're saying the art of allowing I'm like yeah that body language and those words do not match <laughs> and that's really it right it's like matching with or attracting like magnets too so yeah yeah it's kind of, I mean I don't know this is a weird metaphor off the top of my head but like I've I've both uh whenever I've moved homes I've had times where I've moved myself with no help and I've moved with the help of like, I had one time where I had uh, something like 14 friends help me. Wow. And um, the time that I moved myself was awful. I will never do that again. It was horrible. <laughs> like in my mind ahead of time, it's like, well, I can carry stuff and like, it'll just be more trips in my car. And, but oh my God, it took so much longer. It exhausted me. I was tired. It was cranky. I, it was just awful. The day that I had, um, I think when I moved from, uh, yeah, I moved from 
Cincinnati to New York the second time in my life. Um, I had like 14 friends in Cincinnati help pack up the truck and move me. And literally it took, I don't even know, like it took like, we were done. 30 minutes. I can't even imagine you have enough things that would. An hour, I think, but it felt like minutes and it was like, and I did carry some stuff, but it was like, oh, everybody got, oh, okay, guys, I'll just take this box. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, I like that's how. It's not that in the art of allowing, we don't have any role, like we do have a role, but the main role is really to allow, is not to like go out and try to grab everything and do it all ourselves. Which is, and it comes back, the allowing is the emotional part. Like, yeah. like we're not going to feel good all the time. Like I don't feel good all the time. Like I was telling you last week, um, there was some time, there were many hours there where I wasn't feeling good at all and um and yet like really cool stuff happened you know the next day and the day after um so it's not about I think sometimes and this is what I was telling you in friend time last week's episode is that in my head I think a a lot there's a part of me that thinks that I have to be like elated like super happy in order to allow really cool stuff in yeah and that's not true. I mean, I have been in those states and and allowed many wonderful things, and it happened over weeks time. Um, but then it's really the little things that make me the happiest too. It's not like the big stuff only. I mean, just you know, like I was saying, I remember going to get a massage one day, and I was letting N- Mr. Nibbles um, use the restroom before I left him in the car to go get a massage. And I came up your dog. Yes. That's so funny. My dog. I'm still getting used to that. Um, (laughs) And um, I came across a friend that I hadn't seen in a couple of years. She was like walking to a restaurant near where I was parked. And it was so lovely. Like, you know, just some things like that. It's not about it. it, And that made me so happy. And it made her happy because it was actually her birthday. And I remember her yelling back at me and Steph, you were part of my birthday. You're such a gift to me. Thank you. And, like you're welcome you know things like that it just you know made my heart sing yeah the white lexus 2012 ls 460 pulling right up next to me and (laughs) would be wonderful too um but you know it's not always the big things that make us bring us the most joy it's the little things times the greatest proof i have that the law of attraction is a thing and the art allowing works is i think that the things that flow into my life the easiest and the fastest are things that I might see when I'm out at a store or that I might see online or something. And I have this momentary thought of like, Oh, that's cool. That might be cool to have one of those things. And then I completely forget about it because it's not like one of my a list priorities in that are in my brain. I'm like, I need this. I need this. That I'm thinking about a lot. It's just like, Oh, that's kind of cool. And like, I just have the repeated experience of those things, like showing up like a few days later or a week later or whatever. And I'm like, oh, I didn't even, I didn't really need this. I just thought it was cool. And look at this, it showed right up. And that just shows me like, oh, so that's the A-list things that I'm, you know, kind of grinding on. That's evidence for me. Like, oh yeah, I still have resistance about these things. I think about them a lot. I definitely know I want them. But I also, uh, there's some sort of tape playing about like, oh, I don't deserve it or I don't, I can't afford it yet or whatever. You know, there's some sort of thought in there. Because when I have no thoughts of resistance with something, it's like, boop, and it just shows right up. And so that's, that's the, ha- that's 
for me, that also demonstrates what we're talking about. Like that's the heavy lifting. Like I, I did do something. I identified it, you know, I was like, Oh, I like that. I spent a little bit of time just being like, Oh, that would be cool. But like, that's literally it. And that's all it took in terms of my, we're going to talk about Colin's effort. Like what did Colin effort? That's it. That's all I did. And then the thing showed up. I didn't order it. I didn't tell anybody I wanted it. <laughs> really showed up. Man. And see, we could, we could get to a point where we could do that with everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So sweet. That's so a, sweet. There is, there is a, uh, there is some hard work that I need to do around the art of allowing, which is just teach myself to relax, flow and be happy more. <laughs> like that's the hard work. <laughs> or the expect expectation again. Yeah. I have that positive expectation. Like it's going to show up. Let me go yep. over here and like yep. have lunch with a friend or play yep. D and D or dance. Like I was dancing this morning. Um, cause my landlady wasn't home and the gentleman who, um, rents the studio below me wasn't around. And so some, um, Van Morrison came on one of the songs that I love of his. And I was, had just gotten out of the shower and was feeling, feeling free. And, um, I just started dancing. The curtains were closed. So I just started dancing and I'm like, oh, you know, I used to dance a lot in my last place. And I, I don't do much singing or dancing here. And it's something that brings me so much joy and so it just felt fabulous and I just found out I'll have the um whole house to myself for a week and so this girl's going to be doing a lot of singing and dancing in the coming week which is great because my birthday is on Saturday and um and so I get to like just celebrate all week long in whatever little ways that I can because that makes me happy yeah, laughing, singing, dancing, listening to our favorite music, watching our favorite movie, or even as you told me, like watching our favorite scenes from our favorite movie, which I've been doing on YouTube now. Um, Are you really? It's really, it's fun. It's like, oh, I don't have to watch the whole movie. I can just watch my favorite scene. <laughs> I did that too. Like I was I realizing like some of the romance that I'm getting right now was the other night I was watching What's Your Number? And, um, and so I was just fast forwarding it to my favorite part. Like I I think I watched it from beginning to end. The one, the parts I didn't really like, I just fast forward through them. But then I watched it multiple times, um, two nights in a row. And I just kept fast forwarding to my favorite parts. And then I'd rewind and, and watch them again. And I realized like, oh, I'm getting some of my romance because they're in the movie, they're neighbors and they don't really, she doesn't really like him. But then she um, engages with him and asks for help. And then just slowly over time, they become friends and then they, they end up having a romance with each other and he ends up being a really sweet guy. And so it's just kind of fun, but yeah, I remember years ago hearing Abraham say, you know, watch your, your favorite movies, just go to your favorite scene and watch that. You don't have to watch the whole thing. Just do those things that you love and enjoy. And so, you know, Dungeons and Dragons, I was watching it. It's on prime right now. And I was watching all the parts that I love because I love Michelle Rodriguez and um, Chris Pine in it and just their relationship that they have, their friendship in the movie. And they're both, I just love their characters so much in that. So I was just watching it over and over again. And um, and then you and I, <laughs> in our friend time, we were, what, what was that on SNL? What, or Seth? Oh, Seth Meyers, uh, late night with Seth Meyers. Uh, he did a thing where, because he and his old, Saturday Night Live castmate and friend Leslie Jones were both huge Game of Thrones fans, but he one time watched it 
together with her and realized it was the best way to watch Game of Thrones ever. So then he did an actual segment where they did in the last season of Game of Thrones, they, I think they had four little bits for his show where they, they, they filmed Leslie Jones and Seth Meyers on Seth Meyers couch in Seth Meyers home watching Game of Thrones together. And Leslie Jones just freaking out with joy <laughs> physically and, aud and audibly throughout the entire episode. <laughs> it was awesome. Lots of dialogue and uh, sound effects and singing. <laughs> and I thought how fun it would be for you and I to watch D&D &D together because we saw the movie together for the first time when it came out. And I was like, oh, it'd be so much fun to watch this with Colin and go to our favorite parts and just talk about it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, the th it's funny because um, I think we've, you know, it's, and again, what we've, we've talked about this too, but like the whole thing about, well, so we're not supposed to do anything. We're not supposed to do anything. And it's not that, it's not that in some of the things that we want to attract into our life, that there's nothing for us to do. Like, I know that like um, some of the romantic relationships I've got that have, you know, been enjoyable and lasted for a while. Those started with me being on a dating app. So I had to go on the app and I had to create a profile and upload some photos and whatever. So, but, um, like uh, what I've realized about actions and effort is if, if there's actually specific actions or work that needs to be done on my part, I have it, my traditional thinking that I grew up with has it backwards, which is, well, I'm going to do these actions and that will control the results, you know, and now what I try to just continually teach myself, I'm getting better at it, but it's still, you know, breaking a habit is it's like, listen to my gut or listen to my inner self or higher self or like, what should I do is, do I need to do something? Um, and then follow that as the action that accompanies the allowing, you know, um, because if I go, well, I'm going to get a girlfriend and I'm going to get a girlfriend. I'm going to go on. Okay. Keep it. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to fill out my profile and then I'm going to like respond to 10 people per day. And that, and that will get me a girlfriend by, you know, within eight weeks, you know, and I better gosh darn have a girlfriend by the eight week mark. You that know? so sounds like the art of allowing again, <laughs> not where it's like, if I really checked in with myself and said, okay, you know, I feel like I'm open to dating, you know, really check in with myself like does a dating app feel like the right thing and literally listen to that answer that comes up from my gut not my intellectual mind not my analysis not my logical thinking but like does that feel right you know and if yes if it does then then fine Join and the even the way you're speaking it now that sounds like the art of allowing because yeah. there's more flow in your voice and your energy that's the thing i mean i feel like so often I don't know if this is probably just like a way that I think about it. It's not how it actually works, you know, in practical reality, but like, I do feel like a lot of times, like the universe is just like this, um, you know, this constant helper that's with us all the time and wants to like lift things and get things and carry things and, you know, all this stuff. And we're just like, we just like forget it's there. And, and there's literally, or it's, like, or it's like this, no, I've got it all. And there's like, all the, I, I have like 20 things in my arms and I'm like almost dropping things and I'm, my arms are like sore. And, and the law of attraction back here, like, I can help you. Yeah. I can make those things for you. I can carry it all. It's easy peasy for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're like, no, I got it. I got it. <laughs> no, but that's the thing. But it's like, it's, it's been a, I mean, I think I will be working on that the rest of my life, getting better at like stopping myself from just like 
if I, cause I have thoughts all the time, like, you know, I really want this thing. And a lot of times, like from my traditional thinking that I grew up with, the next thought will be like, well, what do I have to do to get it? You know, mm -hmm. again, you can tell by my, the way I'm speaking and the tension and everything is like, <laughs> not allowing, but you know, that will be my next thought. And it's really been, it's going to be a lifelong process of retraining myself of like, oh, I really want this thing. Let me check in with myself. Like, number one, let me get in a good space. Like, let me listen to one of my favorite songs. Let me watch one of my favorite movie scenes. Let me call Stephanie and have a laugh with her. Then check in with myself and go, okay, I want this thing. What do I feel like? Do I feel like I have action steps? Does it feel right that I should, that I need to do something? I love that next, what's the next indicated step? Yeah. Yep. That one's always a good one. It's like, that's the next thing. Because I think too is like, if you, you can, you know, especially in the internet age that we live in right now, um, you know, if you want to do something, like you can definitely go on a, a, a web search engine and just be like, how do you blah, blah, blah. And that's fine. And there might be some instructions on there. But like, if it's like, how do you, you know, like, how do you learn a language? Or like, I want to learn Spanish. What's the best way? You could go into Google and be like, how do I, what's the best way to learn Spanish? And that's fine. But the problem is, if I'm bringing resistance to those steps, then that is not, I'm, I mean, I literally could study Spanish for the rest of my life and not really master it. You know what I mean? Whereas I could say, and it sounds crazy to people. I understand that they're hearing it for the first time, but it's like, I can say, I want to learn Spanish. And if I checked in with myself, like really what action step would be the best one that would lead me to that. If I'm really checking in with myself, that opens up possibilities. Like Google is going to tell you the same thing every time. Here's the, here's the best way to learn Spanish, you know, get a book or whatever, you know, get a tape, you know, start learning the noun, start learning the book, whatever it is, you know, but for me, it's like, if I really check in myself, then there's infinite possibilities. And it might be like, go to the, go to the grocery store. And like, that's not going to make any sense to me. Like, how am I going to learn Spanish going to the grocery store? But if I really listened to that and that was really my higher self and I really followed that, it could be that I go to the grocery store and I bump into somebody and I meet someone and they're a Spanish teacher and you know, they give lessons for $20 an hour or something like that. And it's like, and we get along great and they have openings for students, you know what I mean? It could, and that yeah, would be yeah. my best way. Now, it doesn't mean I couldn't do, learn anything from the Google way, but like that might be the best way for me to learn, you know? Yeah. But I'm, if I just Google things, I'm never going to get that because I'm not opening up to the larger intelligence of the universe that has infinite possibilities of things and knows what, you know, has that all knowing intelligence that like knows what my best method is, you know? Yeah. And I think too, as I, like I have it backwards is I, I think that it's hard or have to do a lot of work and not understanding that letting the law of attraction do the heavy lifting. Yeah. Like, like I've heard, and I, I, I'm always dumbfounded by this. Abraham, Abraham will say, you've already done the hard part, which is living in the contrast and, and God spirit, the universe has already responded with a yes and it's already been created now your part is to allow it in and i'm like what like that just i'm like how can that be i thought i had to you know i have to work really hard or i have to make it happen or i have to figure it out or i have to know how to do it 
And it's none of that. It's none of that at all. It's just like, okay, do the next indicated thing. Sure. Whatever that may be. If it's, you know, if I, you know, want to buy this car, well, let me go look on Craigslist or let me look on Carvana or let me just do an internet search for the color and the year and the make and just, and go test drive one, whatever it may be. But in my head, I make it bigger and, and then like, it's already done. So you mean me just living like, oh, I don't want to clean house in that thought of not cleaning house. I've already created someone cleaning my house. So then all I have to do is relax and go get my nails done and take a nap and, you know, show up for what I need to do, but it's eventually going to happen. Like that again, with the logical mind, that doesn't make sense. But then again, I could never figure out the whole human body. And yet that exists. And we don't, and I don't even question that. I just expect it. That's the thing, man. It's like, if you told someone, like, I I always think about this with filmmaking, um, because like a traditional Hollywood film set, my understanding, I've never been on one, but I've seen, you know, people do documentaries on them and show, show, show them on TV or video. And it's like, and just if you watch the credits of any Hollywood film, it's like hundreds and hundreds of people are involved, not necessarily all in the same place on the same day. But I mean, there's just hundreds of people that are involved in making a movie. And it's like, well, if I wanted to make a gigantic Hollywood movie, like I couldn't do it all by myself. I could make, like I could go to film school. I could learn a lot about sound and lighting and editing and everything. And I could make like, you know, a, a nice little 12 minute film maybe, but like to make a gigantic Hollywood film with like special effects and, you know, cars jumping off, you know, flying off buildings and things like that. Like I need so many people. I need a guy who, you know, is an expert in, you know, cars in movies and, you know, having them fly off buildings and fly into walls and things like that. I need stunt men. To, and women. Yeah. I was going to say you need a stunt, some stunt men or women. Yeah or knows how to run a camera to capture something like that. I need digital effects specialists to know how to integrate that. So it looks like it's real and actually happening. And it's like, but the thing is, if I pursue that, if I just want to become a filmmaker and I pursue that, the people who end up on a Hollywood set, all those people are there. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> when the director shows up to direct a Hollywood film, he's not like, Oh, I've got to go out and work and train people on how to like film cars and drive. <laughs> it's like, there's all those hundreds of people are there. It's just like the, the universe brings them together. Of course you've got to hire people. In bed. Yeah. Yeah. But I hear what you're saying. Yeah. There's all of that support. It's like, so, I mean, to think if, if some filmmaker is arrogant enough to say, yeah, I do the whole thing myself. I mean, that's just like so hilarious because it's like, obviously you don't like, obviously like we have documentary footage showing the hundreds of, we have the credits that show that it took like 800 people or whatever to make your movie, you know? So, and, and I think people just like, it's weird how, and I'm just as guilty as anyone. Like I will say, well, of course one person couldn't make a Hollywood film all by themselves. Like, yeah, we expect that. That's basically what you're saying. We expect that of ourselves to do X, Y, and Z. But if I said like, oh, I'm going to, I want to, you know, bring a new car into my life. It's like, oh, that's impossible. <laughs> it's like, well, there's no way that can happen. And know? that I have to do it all myself. Yeah, yeah. That I'm not having hundreds of people supporting me, energies supporting me, you know, you, the power of the universe backing me 100%. My inner being going, you got it. Yeah. 
You, I would give it to you a long time ago. When are you ready to let it in? <laughs> or if it was, I feel bad, uh, but I can't remember if it was Sam's Club or Costco. But um, one of the, maybe you can do it at both, but like you can actually purchase cars through one of those. Yeah, Costco. It, Costco, okay, maybe mm -hmm. it was and um one of on on my various um dating app journeys in los angeles I, I we didn't work out but we went on one date i met a woman who got a maserati through costco what okay they must do that in hollywood la <laughs> they don't do that in san diego it's not that i'm aware of oh that was a limiting thought you just said okay it was um, wasn't it thank you <laughs> but i mean if if you walked up to anybody on the street and said, "Could do you think I could get a, a Maserati through Costco?" Everyone would say, "Absolutely not! They don't sell." They don't sell. <laughs> and this woman just she was such a fan of Costco, and she needed a new car, and she wanted to have a luxury, you know, car. Yeah. Like I'm going to see if I can get it through Costco. <laughs> Important things I need and love through Costco. I'm going to see if I could do this too. And she did it. And it took her, I want to say, I think it took her like two years of a process, but she got a Maserati through Costco. She got the cheapest Maserati, brand new Maserati in the universe. For and an like, inexpensive price compared to other places. And she did it because she believed it. She expected that there was at least a chance that that would happen. <laughs> I love stories like that. Thank you. You could never get a Maserati through Costco. You absolutely are correct. You won't. Right. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't even look like people will be like, I never win anything on the radio. I'm like, well, do you try? They're like, no. Well, I'm like, well, you're definitely not going to win if you don't try. <laughs> don't get me started about the number of people in the office world in America who never play the lottery, but talk about winning it all the time. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? That is so art of allowing, though, to talk about it. That's fun because I love asking that. What would you do if you had a million dollars? Okay, that's another episode, though. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right we're at the end of the time here so uh we're, we hope you got something out of the conversation today thank you so much for joining us we uh, appreciate you so much we're so grateful you did um remember at this point in september of 2023 we're posting a brand new episode of the podcast for you every single monday morning um, we truly appreciate you doing whatever your platform you're consuming us on allows you to do to support us um, all our internet links and web links and email address are in the doodly do in the description in the YouTube version of this episode down below. We wish you a happy and abundant week, and we'll see you next time on the next episode of Co-Creation Station. Bye, everybody. Bye.